0: Good evening, Bucks fans. We are back. It is real Buck Talk. I'm your host, Michael Plus. Join as always my co-host Mark Ramirez. Mark, it has come. <laughs> it's finally <I'm> here. <laughs> it's finally here. Training camp is starting up this week. Our Buccaneers are back in action. And uh yeah, very excited to just start talking football, like actually have new topics to discuss instead of you know the old training camp battles, which we'll discuss again tonight. But uh it's gonna be fun just having, you know, new content uh daily, uh weekly, and really get into some games, and that's what we're all about, right? Film study and breaking it down.
1: Oh, yeah, like your little shorts with uh Kyle Rudolph running people over. Yes, which seems to be getting some excitement. Uh, and that's a big addition as well. And we'll talk more on that. The last time we got we saw you guys was when we're, there were only rumors. It was possibility of the Bucks signing Kyle Rudolph, and we're mentioning how of the Vikings and the Bucks, it's kind of an obvious choice, you would think. But now it's official. He's a Buccaneer. One-year deal, around $2 million. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a backup? What's going to happen? We'll, we'll touch on that. But like Plus was saying, this is exciting. Training camp's literally days away. Um, people are reporting. Uh, rookies are already there. Quarterback's there. It's exciting times. This is the time to start getting excited because this playoff run, playoff push, hopefully Super Bowl run, is starting and i'm excited to get to a damn buccaneer game throw some beers down and just have a damn good time uh but first things first training camps here plus so do you want to start on your initial battles that you want to talk about or do you want to talk about kyle rudolph and what he's going to bring to this buccaneer team
0: yeah i mean we can we can go into the, you know the battles you know obviously yeah. the you know, the first one that's probably on most people's mind is, you know, who's going to be the left guard. Yeah. You know, we talk about that a lot um, over the off season and there it is right there. And Aaron Stinney versus Luke get Uh the, Got it. Yep. The second round uh, pick uh, from this past year's draft. So again, you have, um, you know, Aaron Stinney, who's been here for a while now with the team, he's got, you know, the insight as far as the playbook, all that, you know, s- stuff he's, Played in some big games, obviously, started a Super Bowl. Um, so you know, there's an advantage there, but Luke's got that, you know, he's got the talent right there to match up. So it'll be interesting. That one's gonna be, I think, just so fun to to see how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, and it's something that you're gonna be asking, oh, experience always wins? Not necessarily. I mean. Tristan Wirfs was the starting right tackle day one, Super Bowl season. Antoine Winfield starting safety day one, Super Bowl season. So it's not like it's any surprise if a rookie does win out if they're the better player. Stinney, is he a Pro Bowl player? He's never been known for that. Um, Did he do well in the Super Bowl game? Yeah. Uh, Is that going to show face upon weeks in training camp, preseason games, where he has to show consistent effort, consistent improvement in team game? Let's see. Uh, you would assume he should have the advantage based off of experience. Yeah, that's the obvious answer you would think. But if Luke Geteke is that damn good, they drafted him high enough for it, his intangibles are there, does he adapt to the game and to the change of position really fast and win it over? Then if the coaches say he is, then it is. Okay, so we're going to push forward. Again, inside, if he's pushing inside and he has the ability to play right tackle, I think athletically he's probably better than Sinny. Sinny's just a, a man. If you see him out there, he's well filled out, but get a workout warrior himself. So it's gonna be a fun, entertaining battle. And whoever wins it pretty much deserves it, in my opinion.
0: Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, you know, it, it's just gonna be, you know, a fun one to watch because again, phys- physicality uh is definitely something they pride themselves on and You know, that's what our offensive line is about, you know, being physical up front. And so it's going to be it's going to be cool to see how they rotate it in, um, you know, who gets that first start in in preseason. And then, you know, where does it go from there uh, and how those guys, uh, you know, progress and and who's more consistent? I think that's going to be the biggest thing, who's consistent on the field and making sure they're doing uh, their job. So, yeah, it's that one's going to be, yeah, all eyes on that one for sure. Um, Yeah and then i guess go ahead
1: Say, if guys if you guys have any input on that what you guys want to see or who do you think is going to be the leg up who's winning it eventually let us know i mean always react with us and we'd love to hear you guys' comments and we always say this you guys make the show and it's pretty much an obvious truth <laughs> but uh that kind of brings us to the next point of a battle who is there to replace rob gronkowski at tight end what do you know we just signed another guy Bucks add Kyle Rudolph to the offensive arsenal number 80 here in the Giants. He's going to be number eight as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, 12 year veteran uh, plus showed you on the YouTube shorts. Still got some juice in the tank. He wants to win. He's here to win. He looks like an awesome personality already engaging with all Buccaneer fans, not a big numbers guy, but if the Bucks are truly going to want it to enforce the run game, especially against teams like the saints, the Rams, these teams that we have issues of beating, We just can't do it. (laughs) You would think bigger guys like Kyle Rudolph will implement more in the running game than a downfield target like Rob Kronkowski is. So Mm -hmm. what is your opinion on Kyle Rudolph? And now that he is a Buccaneer, one-year deal, how do you see him fitting in? And is he the starter? Like like they were saying, competitions to see in the camp.
0: Yeah, again, it's another competition. And it's kind of just – you know, with the signing, it adds to it, you know, now Cam Brait and him are going to, you know, go at it for, for starting reps. So again, that's always a good thing. That's always a bonus uh, to get guys um, competition and making sure they're trying to be the best and iron sharpens iron. So with the addition of uh, Kyle, I think, I think it's good. You know, again, he's just a solid veteran, good hands, like Ken Smith says here, Um,
1: you know, so I read hands plus. Yeah, I get it right.
0: Great hands. Yeah. And he does. And that, shows, that shows up on, on tape. Um, so he's just consistent, a decent blocker, going to be in the right spot. And like I showed in that short, he still has some juice left in those legs. So, you know, that's what you want to see. And, you know, I, I think it's just a good addition to the room because it lets the rookies develop at their own pace. Um, and you don't have to force anything there, uh, you know, with k or uh, Keefe.
1: Let's bring it up. So, I mean, looking at the numbers, too. Last year, we showed this last podcast, but 26 receptions to only 257 yards, one touchdown. People are going to be like, this isn't that great or anything. Mm-hmm. Why, does, why do people think this is an upgrade? Okay, cool. He has size, 6'6", 265, but what does that mean? I mean, there's been big guys in the NFL before. They just don't contribute. They don't do much. I mean, look at OJ. He was a freak athlete, big dude. He just didn't produce in this offense. Injuries played a role, but... Uh, don't necessarily think he's just a great run blocker because just because he has size does not mean you're a great run blocker. you got to actually right. apply yourself and get in get after it. So I'm not say, assuming that he's going to be a great upgrade over Brady, even though size does kind of help him in that fashion. But I'm just looking at him in, as a red, red zone target, helping hmm. Brady with an easy target in the red zone. We touched on that on the last live stream. I'm not looking for big numbers like he did this 800-yard game. 2016, or 100-yard season. I'm looking for more just end zone. End zone. Give me these mm-hmm. these targets in here. Let's get up in that five-touchdown range where it's an easier complement to the offense. We've touched on this before. This is a down-the-field type of offense. We're looking to open it up for our wide receivers. The tight end's a complement. I know Gronkowski made it a different offense. A lot of people think otherwise that it's Tom Brady's offense. No. It's, it's B.A.'s evolution of the offense, left, which is just carrying it forward, tight ends assist with things. They're not the main movers. Let's put it that way. So yeah, Cal uh, Rudolph will break it down more. We have tape coming up soon, guys. I know you guys are anxious to see that. So Cal Rudolph, is he an upgrade over Brayton blocking? Yes. Receiver? Maybe not. But that makes Brayton more utilized in different ways. So it's creative how they can use Brayton.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, all those are good points. And again, it's going to be you know, you know, fun to see how those dynamics play out. And and you look at that tweet right there. I mean, the quarterbacks that he played with, not great, Bob, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, looking at it, it's uh, not very good. And, you know, now he gets to play with the best quarterback ever. And, you know, Tom Brady. So it's going to be fun to see how, you know, if that raises his game, which it probably will, like you said, inside the red zone, inside 10 yards, I think Kyle's going to be a big addition uh, to this team where he can just be consistent, you know, catching the ball underneath, um, you know, be a factor in the screen game, you know, getting out in those type of blocks where it's open space and and helping out uh, getting defensive backs. So stuff like that, I think is going to be a big benefit uh, for the Bucks game and, and how they do things offensively. And yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, tape study. We got that coming out this week for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just looking in the chat. Yeah. Um, Mary says, "Brae was so terrible last year. Don't understand the confidence in him. I like Kyle to win the starting job. So, Cam Ray, he's had so years of injuries, and then he's had years where he just had bad drops. And I've been hard on him too about these drops. I can see where people think he's terrible. I don't know about terrible. I mean, he's been serviceable, right. and especially the Super Bowl season, like against the Washington football team, that mm. he pretty much was the dominant force in that game." And that was Tom Brady just finding the open man. Cambry stepped up. I'll take that any day. Um, but the thing is, is he a serviceable number one? We don't know that. He hasn't been in that capacity in a long while. Kyle Rudolph, although it doesn't have big numbers, he doesn't have to have big numbers. This isn't the offense designed for that. I know some people will still argue me, but it just isn't. And I think, honestly, because Kyle Rudolph can do both, pass catch and run block, Better than Bray. let's just put it that way. Right. I think he has the upper hand on that.
0: No, I I think that's fair. Um, and again, K- Cam is, you know, he's been in a tough situation, obviously coming off of injuries from you know his prime where he was getting these big, big numbers. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You don't need a thousand yard guys that tight end, unless you're Kyle Pitts, and you know, no one's no one's like Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's he's one of one. And uh, you know. Like you were saying with Cam, I, I think he's he's a guy that can still do a lot of things, catching the football and being utilized out of the backfield at times, okay. and you know, utilized in the slot. And he's going to benefit now, I think, just from not being that inline tight end all the time. Like he'll be able to be split and do a lot of different things that help him, um, and also a rotation. I think the rotation of tight ends wear and tear. That's going to be less, uh, especially if these rookies can step up like they're expecting, you know, especially with Kate Otten and and see what he can do, um, you know, to take the pressure off these other guys.
1: And, and still, like, people aren't really understanding how good Russell Gage can be in this offense. It's almost like an afterthought, maybe just because they haven't seen him on the field, they don't see it as a big signing. To me, that is a humongous signing. If you guys check out our film study of him, it can be used any which way you want to. If you're looking for Swiss Army knives, you got multiple in this in this offense. You got Russell Gage, you got Cam Breet that can be used in multiple different ways. And now you got Rashard White, who can be used in multiple different ways. Yeah. And that's another kind of spin-off. That's why I want to go on to the next competition. Running backs, backup running back. Who's it going to be? Is it Rashard White? Is it Giovanni Bernard? Keyshawn Vaughn. I mentioned him as a Swiss Army knife because he can run, he can catch. Hopefully they can split him out wide depending on how fast he picks up this uh, offensive playbook. We had him in for an interview. Maybe I'm being a brown noser, but still. (laughs) The guy has a hell of a good head on his shoulders. And if he can pick up the playbook behind Lenny Fournette, this big guy right here, (laughs) behind Lenny Fournette, there isn't much strong competition. I know Keyshawn Vaughn had a couple good games, but it's not consistent. Giovanni Mm -hmm. Bernard, one trick pony kind of that is an open competition and where do you see it early on plus?
0: Yeah, I think Rashad White has all the opportunity in the world to to get it. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of reps uh to win that job. I think, you know, when you look at it, they definitely want him to to take it if possible. Um you would like to see Keyshawn Vaughn step up and maybe become, you know, more consistent like you talked about. Uh Gio Bernard, I still think is going to be that veteran back that you know, could come in two minute drill, you know, be that third down back if needed, um, you know, to help Tom in the offense and still be kind of that, that matchup piece, um, if they want to use him in that way. But I think Rashad has all the potential in the world to uh you know to be that, that guy, uh to really spell Leonard in a way where we really haven't had someone like that kind of potential, who could be a David Johnson esque, um, that they're kind of looking for, and you get you get the feeling that Rashad White was definitely Bruce Arians had a you know a say on it, if if you get my drift. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it just he makes a lot of sense. You look at the size comparison and just the hand catching ability. He's like David Johnson 2.0. I mean, that's what you kind of get from it.
1: I mean, as a block fan, you hope for that. Right, it's It's easy to compare guys. It's not a thing for them to actually turn into it. But from what we hear from him, I mean, the guy's literally nothing but motivated, dedicated, and seems like his head is down and literally in the Tampa atmosphere and hopefully playbook. We'll see that. We'll see that very early on. A lot bigger body than most people think he is. They think he's just like almost a pass catcher, like skinny guy. No, he actually is filled out. You see some of the pictures of him recently. He's a big maybe because he's taller, but he's still filled out. And I'm anxious to see what becomes of that. And like how Ken Smith said here, Tom thrives when he has a running back with good hands. Lenny Fournette had that, but he could do both run it and catch it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Do you have a second guy where there's you can't take a step back, you can't think for a second because now both of them can catch, both of them can run me over. Let's see. And Lenny brings that run you over in the open field. Sean White brings that make and miss and holy hell, where'd you go? So hopefully that we can see more of that. Um, More people talking in the chat. Let's see. Sean has the patience to decide which cap to hit. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's one big difference between him and Lenny. Uh, Lenny, he stops in the the gap sometimes. He just doesn't Mm -hmm. hit it when he sees it. So that's one question mark we have on him still. If we're going to want to run the ball more, running backs have to be decisive in their decisions too. That's one thing Rojo was, and we lost that. So who's going to fill that Rojo role? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I was seeing, you know, I think another one said in the chat that you know he runs a little high, but I mean that's gonna that's gonna be common because he's so tall. He's six two, you know. So you know running high like that is going to be kind of natural for him. Yeah, you'd like to see him bend his legs a little bit more, get lower. Um, and again, that's something that can be coached up. But again, it's his style of running. And if it works, it works, right? So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic of his patience and that kind of on Bell style of running, you know, works, you know, behind our offensive line and how they, you know, run the system.
1: Yeah, and this is something that, I mean, it's not necessarily a competition. Maybe it's for a return job. We can throw that in there. I mm-hmm. see. So, Mari was asking about, what we thought of Jalen Darden Um, trying to find the comment, but either way, Jalen Darden his first year didn't look that great. Looked apprehensive at times looks slow to make decisions. Didn't want to take punt returns back. So right now, here it is. Hey, Mark, Michael, how do you feel about Jalen Darden? I mean, does he come back ready to rock and roll? It sounds like Mike Evans says he's taken that year to learn and progress forward in the playbook. And it looks excited. And, Like he knows what he's doing in the playbook. So hopefully that shows on the field. But the thing is he showed on the field last year too, during training camp and they were excited to see what he was going to become. And all of a sudden the season comes around and it seemed like he was a step behind. So how do you feel Jalen Darden will mature? And do you think he's going to take that punt return job too?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the big thing with Darden is, you know, just his ability uh, to get caught up with the speed of the game. Like you said, you know, getting any stop tripping. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it, um, and I think he's he's trying to do things too fast. So slowing the game down and also getting adjusted to how fast people are coming after him, you know, that's going to be his biggest adjustment. So I think just understanding his role, understanding his responsibilities, and and just continuing to get better um, and get stronger, faster, all those things is going to help him. Um, so if he can play fast that's going to be a huge benefit uh, for him in this offense. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he can get playing time on offense, um, especially with the receivers ahead of him. And, you know, can he push himself up that depth chart to, you know, be a key contributor as far as like the fourth receiver or, you know, a factor as far as, you know, rotation and and being one of the guys they depend on.
1: Yeah. I don't think we say this enough. This wide receiver room is loaded. (laughs) Maybe we do, but yeah. And really I, I saw. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say I saw earlier that you know some feel it, it it got worse. I think it was TB12 Goatman. I I think you know it's not everyone's understanding the significance of a Russell Gage. You know, Russell Gage I think is going to be huge uh, for this offense. And you look at Mike Evans, already a great player. Chris Godwin is going to be fine. Um, I, I think he's going to be you know, okay, the guy works hard. He's going to come back stronger. Uh, and then you have others like Cyril Grayson who, you know, stepped up. You still have Scotty Miller. There's still a lot of depth on this roster. Like you said, it's a deep group and you know, competition is going to make it better.
1: Well, I mean, let's break it down. He said, mm-hmm. I think we got worse at tight end wide out and maybe O-line. I know wide out strong, but not sure where Godwin is at. And when we had a healthy AB dude, was really good. So, I mean, let me break this down. Obviously, tight end, you lose a whole of Fame caliber player. Yeah, it yeah. got worse. But the yeah, thing d- is...
0: definitely hurts.
1: Like we mentioned over and over time and time again, that's not our main focus on this offense. It just isn't. I know Tom Brady, comfortability and continuity, consistency with Gronkowski. Yeah, that was his... If, I, if everything else fails, I got Gronk. Yeah, that's how he is. You lose that, oh... All hell's going to break loose, we're going to be terrible. No, why don't why don't we look at it, devil's advocate. Why don't we look at it negatively? Look at it in the positive. Maybe these outside receivers start actually getting the ball a little bit more often. Maybe we start trying to do these deep shots, and then all of a sudden it's not there. Brady's quicker to hit an outlet underneath, like in Lenny or Rashad White, or hell, why is Kyle Rudolph so terrible? Maybe he's is the exact same thing. Rock can just turn around, use that big body, box someone out, five-yard game doesn't necessarily have to be a 30-yard gain that Gronk could do all the damn time. He's a freak. There's a reason why he's that. tight end room. Yeah, went down a little bit, but it doesn't have to be a terrible wide out. The fact that you lost AB's annoying attitude, diva attitude, mm-hmm. concern, that is a cancer left leaving the room. BA, BA had to go every week almost and mention it. Oh, he's good. He's good. Don't worry. That leaving the locker room is a positive. I see that as a strong positive. And now you got a guy in Russell Gage that wants to prove himself, wants to be one of these guys, one of these dudes that can say, oh, I'm on the the upper echelon. Now I have a guy like Brady that can find me, not just sit there and wait for a target. If he starts getting the confidence, the sky's the limit for this guy. You can use him anywhere. And I think people just don't see that in him just yet. And if he does start to show that in the offense the Bucs have, look the hell out. And behind him, plenty of talent. I think we touch on it more and more, and I'll let you touch on it.
0: Yeah, I think there's plenty of talent. And, you know, we talked about Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson all the time. Like, those are two guys that they're counting on to to bounce back in a big way and and come around and, you know, be a factor in this offense again. I think Scotty was starting to come around in the postseason. Like, he was starting to play well. He had a big game against the Rams um, and probably could have had a a bigger game um, if it wasn't for you know, certain protection issues that they were yeah. facing. Uh, so you hope that confidence continues to grow. These guys stay healthy and, you know, find a way to, to improve, especially for, you know, a guy like Tyler Johnson, who had a, a kind of a big setback last year. You know, there's a lot of expectations for him to, you know, take that next step. So there's a lot of guys in that room there that, you know, could be, uh, called upon and i think the biggest thing and you know a lot of people talk about this getting that trust with tom brady and making sure that you are always in the right spot because if you're not then most likely you're you're not going to be back in there um yeah. you know so that's going to be interesting to to see and watch and we talk about a guy like devin tompkins like is there going to be a newcomer that comes out of the blue and, and takes one of these guys jobs because really we're probably keeping six receivers maybe maybe they go seven but i mean it's uh uphill climb that's for sure
1: and think about what you just said we keep six possibly seven that's your three right there big money contracts after that is supposedly based on our lads Jalen darden cyril grayson tyler johnson well let's see about that um it's gonna be a strong battle no matter what i mean I saw in the chat, where is it? Corey Hall said over here, Scotty and Johnson are gone. Scotty, just a nine route and Tyler Johnson, no separation. Those are valid options, valid statements and opinions. Scotty is just a speed guy. He's too small. I can't do much else. Not not a great blocker, even though he can be used in special teams a lot. Tyler Johnson, he needs to be more consistent with his shiftiness. He is short areas, quickness he has, but he's not using it consistently. Um, Reliable when he gets the ball. Consistently, but he's never going to get it consistently. Look at the guys in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all good points. The thing is, though, don't give up on these guys and think they're. This is the end of their, their maturation as a player. I mean, Tyler Johnson, can improve. He can, sell his his route tree a little differently, and all of a sudden he's wide the hell open. So Grayson has the speed. Does he actually mature even more with route tree and getting open easier? Does Jalen Darden learn the playbook better? Scotty, does he actually learn? to get open even though he is open it's just a blocking that kind of messes it up sometimes Rashard Perriman has size has speed just needs to get consistent time on the field he's always injured this competition with these five guys is insane and if you like you said you're throwing a Devin Tompkins look the hell out Um, so I just don't think that people think these guys get better they just think it's oh you are what you are and not necessarily i mean right this is your job you got to get better at it every year i know the other team behind you or your facing is getting better too but it doesn't mean that these guys can't make big jumps that's all
0: no i agree and it's all about you know how do you develop how do you take those uh steps forward and that's why we're talking about jalen darden and you know tb12 Goatman says a, a good point you know question marks on offense yeah there is questions we we don't We don't know how, you know, this group is going to play this year, um, you know, play calling, uh, scheme, all that stuff. Uh, it all factors in, um, how does your offensive line mix with the new starter in there at left guard? Also right guard is a new starter, um, you know, tight ends and there's a, it's a new mix. It's a new mix. It's a different group, you know, obviously led by Tom Brady that helps, um, But most of these guys know the scheme. You know, it's not a lot of new faces. Uh, So there should be some opportunity for some good continuity and and an opportunity to start fast, you hope. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, like we talked about, the running back position, who's going to step up to take up, you know, that second spot behind Leonard. And so, yeah, there's always going to be question marks. and, And you hope that with the roster accumulated, you know, they do the best they can.
1: So, I mean, before we jump on to another subject, um, let's address the question a little bit more about what we thought about Jalen Darden. Like, to me, it's just does he improve on last year and does he win this punt return job? You hope to God he does let's put it yeah, that way. You um, gotta hope. Hopefully, some of the fear gets out of there. Maybe the jitters are out. Because if he doesn't, there isn't much behind him. I mean, Scotty's pretty much the, the one that's gonna win it by default, I would assume. But what do you what do you think of the pot return position? Because that that is an, a way that is a way to make the roster.
0: Oh, absolutely, it's it's going to be critical. Um, so yeah, you you do hope he wins it. Um, it's either going to be him or you. Even look at like a Devin Tompkins. So that's why I'm saying if one of those guys can steal it from a uh, Jalen Darden, then yeah. Darden is going to have a tough time and. It wouldn't be good because, you know, obviously we we traded up for this kid in the fourth round. Again, still a fourth round pick, but you you moved assets because you believed in him that much. Uh, so you got to think that, you know, the team is still very confident in him and hopefully you can continue to get better and make it.
1: Yeah. All right. So before we touch on this topic, which I want to talk on heavily, Krillin said it best. Don't forget to hit that like button. Help support the channel, guys. We love y'all. I mean, Bucks football is right here. It's about to start in days. Uh, Get the fever. I know that stupid commercial was on a couple years ago. (laughs) I don't care about it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a hell of a run. And I just love talking buck football. I know you guys do too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. Again, this is Real Bucks Talk Live on Monday night here. Um, I'm your host, Michael Plus. Join, as always, Mark Ramirez. And again... (gasps) Appreciate all the comments and support uh, you guys give us. Um, And and again, keep up the questions. We're going to try to get as too many as we can. Uh,
1: But yeah, we're going to move on to this next topic, which I found. I want to bring one, one more thing. Oh, okay. Sure. You touched on it. I don't want to forget about it. The play calling (laughs) is okay. Guys, we talk about this during the season over and over and over again. Let's bring it up during the off season and bring it up now, right before camp starts. Play calling does it change with just Byron which as at OC Todd Bowles your head coach controlling the whole entire defense? There's supposedly no BA influence. There no there wasn't supposedly the last two years. Let's see, or last three years. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is it going to change at all? Is there going to be any compensation or changes or little additions? Every year it changes a little bit, but is there any glaring things where they do start attacking certain weaknesses? obsessively which they should or do they stick to the same old ball and chain of just throwing the ball deep yeah do they insist on running the ball like cambrake kind of said and touched on and something that we will get into about saints players saying that this saints are meant to beat the bucks i mean is there changes in this offensive play call and i that's something i'm looking forward to especially week one
0: yeah i i hope i just i hope we see you know, more play action because in 2020, it seemed like, you know, that was getting a lot of run and it was working obviously Um, last year. It wasn't happening as much. Um, Again, they started putting it in. They were doing a little bit more, you know, shotgun with empty sets and five wide receivers, a little play action out of, you know, shotgun with the, the halfback in the backfield. But I would just hope, hopefully we get a little bit more play action and, yeah, I mean, Krillin says it. Yeah, I, I and I think that's the dynamic they want to go to. You just look at the additions. Everything points to running the football more. You know, you added a running back. You added big offensive linemen that know how to run block and yeah. can do it well. Uh, you've added tight ends that first thing first is run blocking. Um, you know, with Keefe and KDOT and Kyle Rudolph is a decent blocker. So, Russell Gage can block as well on the edge. Yeah. So, those things really all... Blocker. William William blocker, yeah. He's no Mike Evans, but he's he's a willing blocker. Um, it just points to more balance as far as running the football and, and utilizing the play action.
1: And you hope, based on what you just said, the players they drafted, the players they brought in, and we didn't even touch on Shaq Mason. Hell of a run blocker. Possibly one of the best run blocking guards in the league. And you bring him in, you got Luke Gedeke, who a mauler in the running game. It looks like we're a team designed to run the ball until you look at our outside weapons. You're like, holy shit, what are they going to (laughs) do? If you can be multidimensional and not be relied on just to throw the ball, like Todd Bowles said, let's stop relying on number 12 to be the hero. We run the ball more. You take it out of his hands. You're relying on the team, not just one damn player to be a hero. Let's see. Does that voice carry over onto the season, or is it just a show during the off season mm-hmm. something big that I wanted to touch on before we kind of did it. So do you want to talk about the saints?
0: Yeah, let's, let's talk okay. about it. You know, Malcolm Jenkins was on the rich Eisen show and, you know, he, he talked about how, you know, they brought up the saints and the bucks matchup and how they've pretty much had their way with Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers offense. And he brings up good points. Uh, so it was, it was really interesting.
2: It's not really, it's not much to do with Tom. Actually, it's, the Saints defense, especially the secondary, was built to beat Tampa Bay. And so that rivalry and that kind of you know competition was there before Tom got there. And so when you look at, okay, <clears throat> those two years you had um, myself matched up with Gronk. That was a good matchup. Huh. You have Lattimore or Mike Evans. It's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. CJ Garner-Johnson's in the slot was on AB or Godwin. Uh. That's a great matchup. On the other side was Adebo or Janoris Jenkins, who can match up with any third receiver. And so, it's not like Tom Brady's whole game is take advantage of matchup issues. There are none when you when the Saints played the mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And All right. So, based on those opinions,
1: there are none when you face the Saints.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think it's more schematically what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. He's thinking it's one-on-one options. I think that. To his credit, okay, yeah, the Saints are built to beat the Bucs because I think the Bucs literally are just point-blank. This is why I mentioned the play calling prior to addressing this question. I think the, they blindly just say just run it deep, run nine rounds all over, four verticals, let's see it spread open the field. And you're running into what the Saints want you to do, and we, oh, we don't change until it's too late to run the ball anymore and – Okay, Brady, it's on you again. The hero ball we we're just talking about. Yeah. Hopefully that changes, especially against teams like the Saints that know how to call you out. They see you twice a year. What is your take on what Malcolm Jenkins said? And do you think it's true?
0: I I, I think it's good points because you know, you know, Tom does like to find the matchup. Um yeah. and I think when you look at the Saints defense, obviously their secondary is, is strong. They've you know Very. they've added, you know, Tyron Matthew to it this offseason. And they have a good mix of, you know, corners and, you know, and their linebackers are underrated too with DeMario Davis and his ability, you know, to take away the middle of the field. So, Uh, and then their pass rushers with Cam Jordan and their ability just to push the pocket, uh, it gives trouble to Tom. Um, And like you said, I think our scheme and how we call it, and I think, and it, I've heard it from a couple of Bucks players. I think Donovan Smith talked about it, how they go into the game and they focus a little bit too much on what the the Saints are doing instead of just focusing on their job of what you know needs to take place um, and, and be consistent with that. And sometimes they get a little bit just overhyped. I guess that would be the word, overhyped for that matchup um, instead of just focusing on what their assignment is and, and executing that. Uh, at least that's what I've heard from Donovan. And then, you know, Cam talking about running the football more. That's yeah. that's gotta be an emphasis because you have to find ways to get balance against the Saints defense and take them out of their game as far as blitzing and you know matching up with coverages, cover three, uh man coverages across the board. So you have to do different things in that nature, and it, it just has to be a little bit more uh consistent,
1: more balanced. Yeah, And to me, I don't think it is at all what you said with Donovan Smith. They just get too caught up in the game. No. I mean, you won the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. You shut everything the hell down. Offensively, you made no mistakes. You kind of just lulled people to sleep because it got boring because the Bucks were just dominating. Every possession that was removing the ball, they couldn't do jack shit. It, it was just a simple offense run here and there, here and there. It's when they start to get too pretty, start to get too, mm-hmm. I want to cut your throat with a deep pass. No. Why? Yes, no risk, it, no biscuit. But at certain points, it's not every damn play. And that's something where hopefully this running game does come to something because if you can tire them out with a running game, you're no risk, it, no biscuit. going to happen. You got to be able to, to run out of these passing formations that we touch on all the time because you can. If You're four yeah. wide out set middle of the field wide the hell open. No linebacker can, there's going to be probably one linebacker out there, maybe two. They're, they're covering all these receivers. I mean, it's simple concepts that you have the personnel to run when everyone's healthy. Yes. When your whole right side of your lines hurt, it's a different story against the Rams. That's what I'm mentioning. But I'm hoping this running game starts to come alive a little bit more. I know we're not, it's not our offensive design, but I'm talking more in key moments and key times. It doesn't have to be we run the ball 40 times like the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> wow. I'm wanting just a little bit more. I don't yeah. want to see 50 throws by Brady and 10 rushes or six. Dare I say it? Six rushes <laughs> in, a, in a game. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they have to find a way to you know get you know 20 uh, at least 20 rushing attempts per game. If you'd like to see that number at 30 uh, per game. That would be perfect. Um, but again, it's just based on the game and, and sometimes the game just flows differently. you know it, it has to be called a certain way because of the way it's going or the way you're executing. Um, you know that's that's gonna happen time to time. But yeah, obviously they would you know like to run the football more and hopefully that that comes to fruition. Uh, but I mean, you just you know looking at the chat in here, um, you know, why do we not run more uh, you know pick plays or rub concepts against man? Yeah, it's a good question. I I think they've they tried some of it at times. They did some of it last year, um, against the Saints actually, and, and home. But you know, Chris Godwin went down with the injury, and that that kind of took them out of their game plan. But they did do some that were successful. Um, so hopefully that continues uh, to come forward. But yeah, I mean the matchup is tough for them. Um, you know the Saints just have you know those players like Malcolm Jenkins talk about. But I think it just goes back to what Todd Bowles says guys need to do their jobs and not lean on Tom Brady to save them. I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And I think that's kind of what Donovan Smith was saying more of that nature. Not so, so much of um, like, they're afraid to play the saints or they're not, you know, too hyped or whatever. I, I think it's just more of an executions thing where offense, defense and special teams need to focus on what their job is and, and, and get it done.
1: Yeah. And, That's the thing. If you get one-dimensional, teams can just literally send blitzes at you left and right. Right. You're going to get Brady on the ground with that, and then you just totally abandon the running game with it that way. I mean, we argue this all the time during the season because it it hurts to see. Because against poor teams, subpar teams, we dominate, yeah. And then a good team exploits your weakness. You got to improve on that. The Super Bowl run, they did that defense fixed their little holes that they were in the the actual game. The offense seems to just carry over the same crap every year, even though it puts up big ass numbers. You can't complain about the numbers they put up. It's just when a really damn good team comes up to us and they call us on our own plays, our own bullshit, we don't change it all. We stick to the same stuff thinking it's going to continue. I want to see some adaptation. I want to see a little bit of, changes you don't have to change the whole scheme i'm talking here and there when you see guys lining up a certain formation where it, they're calling out their own defense because they know you're going to try something change it up a little bit and that's the modification not anything severely changing to this offense
0: no i, I agree and it, it's you know they did it last year with minor tweaks to <laughs> you know to the scheme <laughs> emotional damage yeah yeah it very well could be um but yeah i i, I think. You know, there's going to be minor minor tweaks, and you have to do that with a different personnel, right? That you have in. So, um, yeah, that's going to be fun fun to see. And I just hope, you know, they continue to find ways to and implement the play action game, and, and also the run game as well.
1: Let me say this: TB Goatman says, "I think it's going to be harder to run the ball without Gronk. Really hope the rookie can block." The fact that you're saying you're relying on Gronk to be the running game is a sad thing. Your offensive line should be doing the, the tight end seals and the end. Yes, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the one that's created the, the run. The offensive line, the first five in front of you, got to do their job before the tight end can even get over to come around and block. Like so, don't rely thinking Gronk just because he's a great blocker, he was the running game. No, it there were holes in the running game, we didn't apply ourselves in the running game as often. That needs to be fixed. Kate Otten, more than willing, blocker. Coquif, a hell of a damn good blocker. Cal Rudolph, a good enough blocker. Let's see, Cameron Bray, he's smaller, but in times Mm -hmm. when when he was younger, he could block. It just wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let's see. I'm not depending on my tight end to be the main man in blocking scheme. Offensive line, do your job. I mean, you've got the personnel to do it. There's so many ways this offense can attack. It's more head scratching and beating your head against the table because there's there's so many capabilities and it's just like sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, it's that's that's the one big thing you hope uh, you know, doesn't pop up too many times this year where they're just a little bit more consistent. Um, and they should be, right? Because most of these guys they know the scheme now, like they have the continuity. Uh, you know, Tom and Mike is going to be fun to watch. They should be on the same page and just doing damage all, all across the board. So, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, Leonard Fournette being comfortable in the offense and, you know, with the offensive line and the upgrades I, I see in the run game and run blocking. And, you know, Shaq Mason, I think, is a huge deal. Um, you know, getting him and, and allowing his ability to come around on, you know, pulling. You know, pulling, blocking. I think that's going to be very fun to watch. So, yeah, I can't can't uh, express it enough. I think this the offense is in a good place now. It's just about finding that consistency and finding the execution, along with the right play calling to you know exploit those matchups that will be there uh, week in and week out.
1: Yeah. Uh, before we keep going on with the the breakdowns and what to look for. Let's actually talk about an event that is coming up, and one of the sponsors of the show. Let's break them down. So you got Gulf Coast Premier Fitness Expo. So what is this? It's an event coming up August twenty seventh, twenty eighth. We will likely be there. Awesome. I mean, get involved in the Tampa atmosphere and just an event you can go to. There's something every freaking weekend. It seems like this is one we're going to be a part of. What what exactly are they? Let's break it down. Let me bring it up to the stream. Here it is. The Tampa Bay Games experience. It's a CrossFit game. We like watching football. I just like watching athletes in general. You're going to see some maulers out there, some crazy, crazy stuff that's going on. Heavy lifting guys, girls, they're all invited. How do you get involved in this? Just get the tickets over here. What are we? We are RBT 25. So you hit the tickets down here. They're only 30 bucks. You're going to get 25% off over here. You get the RBT code. Just enter the promo code here RBT. 25, boom, it's going to apply, boom, discount is available. So help support the channel. There's another way to help support the channel. What are they going to be? Adult beverages, foods, drinks, kids. If you got kids, get the zone going, live sports, special appearances by different athletes. And there's a whole bunch of vendors. Oakley's going to be there. Anything you think of, or gym goer, plenty of samples for that. And it's just going to be a fun event to be a part of. Can't wait to be there. Uh, and with that, let's keep talking some Buccaneer football. And I guess let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Unless there's something else you want to address.
0: No, I'm just I'm very excited to attend that that uh, Gulf Coast Premier Fitness Expo. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, at the Tampa Convention Center, always a good time. So, yeah, I can't wait
1: to to see that. Hail to the year. And with our faces, let's go over some defensive, I guess. Big. Big position key battles, and if I can find my – there it is. Mike (laughs) Edwards, Keanu Neal, or Logan Ryan. So, of the three, we already know Winfield is locked in as a starter. Jordan Whitehead leaves to the New York Jets. Bucks seem not to want to bring him back because I would assume making Mike Edwards your – like a step-in starter because of the playmaking ability, but you have two extreme veterans behind him, Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan. So, I think Mike ends up winning that – head nod and then Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan spell him or do you think better mentality kind of steps in
0: well I, I think you know Mike is you know definitely going to get that first run at it uh, and I think his ability to play more free safety where Winfield can come in and, and play a little strong as well just that rotational that they provide the versatility I think is going to be good for Mike Edwards because he is a playmaker and when, when we see him on the field he makes plays and you know, if he can find a way to shore up his tackling uh, and be consistent with that, um, especially when he's coming downhill, that's going to be huge for him, uh, and it'll allow him to to take that next step. Uh, Kiana Neal and Logan Ryan, I think them just being here is going to be so good for the defense, uh, just because of their communication skills, their tackling ability is so consistent, uh, and then, you know, just what they're going to be providing you know, to that group as leaders, I think is going to be good. Uh, But it it adds in the pieces where Logan can come in and, you know, play a little nickel uh, if if needed, play a little corner. Um, And then Kiana Neal can come down in the box and, you know, be that thumper. So I think all of them are going to play, that's for sure. Uh, But it's just good to have that versatility and depth uh, because these guys do get hurt. And, you know, just to have that depth back there, I think is going to be important.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a difficult kind of one to say who's going to win the starting nod. I think it just Mike Edwards based off being here will win it. And they want to see if they're going to sign this guy back eventually. If right. he loses it. Yeah. He ain't getting signed back. This is his last year under his contract. He's going to want to perform at the highest level. That's his spot. I mean, it's his to lose, to be honest. I mean, Winfield's already locked it down based off of production, based off of just. Almost becoming a leader in that secondary right now. Edwards has to be that ball hawk that he's capable of being. I know he didn't show well in the in the slot at times, especially in that Jets game. Does he improve on that? Either way, Logan Ryan, like you mentioned, pretty damn good slot player, but can play anywhere. Just very smart overall player. Keanu Neal could play that Jordan Whitehead mold. I think it's just more interchangeable. I don't think it necessarily it matters who starts. It's interchangeable with the quarterbacks are playing, the offenses that they're going against. Is there more running game that they have to defend against? Where Keanu Neal's out there more? Mike Edwards is kind of sprinkled in at times. Let's see, because he's the thumper. He's the one's going to stop the run a lot better than anyone else that's in this four. I think it's all game management, like game by game, who's going to be the better option at that position. Not necessarily saying he's not going to start. I just think the playing time will be more 50 50 instead of Mike Edwards dominating the the reps.
0: No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I think when you look at it, it, you know, Todd Bowles likes to feature his his safeties. Um, You know, he's a former safety himself uh, or he played defensive back and you know, he, he likes to mix it up and and use those guys in a different way. So yeah, all of them are going to see the field and it's just gonna be a fun dynamic because I think Logan is, definitely going to help these younger safeties and Antoine and Mike, how to communicate out there and making sure guys are lined up properly. I think that's going to be the next step in maturation. So these guys are, you know, doing what they're supposed to do in the corners, you know, don't get beat on a third and 20, you know, Mm -hmm. to to, to Cooper cup because they thought, you know, one guy has the deep half and they don't. So stuff like that has to be better. Um, and I think you're going to see that with the veterans that they added.
1: Yeah, and communication too. That's the big one. Like, it, there's a communication breakdown. There will be open gaps in the zones or in just the defense in general. Yeah. Logan Ryan, phenomenal communicator. I think you've heard that from anyone and everyone. Not just other teams, but even his own teammates. In the short time he's been here, Keanu Neal and other veteran savvy type of guys played. Underneath, as a linebacker, has played deep safety, just strong safety, played everywhere. Antoine Onefield is already known for that, too. So I think there, this is just a, a good blend of safeties, and the communication aspect is something fans need to be really excited about because the safety kind of relays a lot of it to everyone else. Let's actually it's, – I wanted to where is this? I messed it up. Here we go. This is a question I wanted to get to because this is always my concern. Mm-hmm. It was earlier in the chat. How's Logan Hall feeling to y'all? Do y'all think the Bucks going to sign an outside linebacker? If so, who? So he's just touching on how's a rookie looking, and do we need another edge rusher? That's pretty much how I'm I'm reading it. Yeah,
0: I mean, and this has been you know the talk all offseason uh, across you know podcasts, our podcasts, other podcasts. You know, are the Bucks going to you know sign another outside pass rusher? Um, again, it's it's wait and see. I, I think there could always come a time and, and place where they look at the group they have now and maybe they do need to add, you know, another pass rusher, you know, before the season starts. Um, as far as Logan Hall, I, I think he's going to be just fine uh, because the addition of Akeem Hicks, and I think this was a question brought up by Corey Hall earlier, um, you know, who plays the three tech uh more when it comes to i guess to rushing the passer and, and logan hall or akeem hicks i think you're going to see hall in there quite a bit um and maybe hall and hicks will be on the field at the same time as well uh so you know stuff like that i think is going to be a lot of fun and i think the pressure you know they taking taken the pressure away from logan To be great right away or good right away i I think that's that's a a very good thing for him just to really grow into his role and and just come on as he as he gets comfortable uh so i think that's going to be very important and you know the the group inside i'm very confident with um and when you look at the outside rushers i talk about this all the time shaq barrett jts gotta be they gotta be stars man they gotta step up and they gotta produce And, yeah, it does suck. If one of them goes down, yes. But you know what? That's the same thing with every other team in the NFL. You know, if Khalil Mack goes down, well, damn, now it's just Joey Boza again. You know, so it's, eh, you know, you could say it across the league. Um, And, yeah, we Anthony Nelson, I think, is a great backup. I'm going to be honest. I think he's really good. (laughs) He's really good. I think he's he's a good player um, in that role as a third edge rusher. And can we see him take another step forward? Um, You know, that remains to be seen. But, Mark, I'll let you
1: have it. Um, I I, I like the group right now as it is. Yeah, so I always mention the outside edge rushers. I always think we we need just one guy that can get after it. Like a legit edge rusher, speed edge rusher. Mm. To be honest, the Buccaneers probably think they have it in JTS. Joe Tryon, Troy I always say JTS because I jack that up every damn time. (laughs) <laughs> People don't like when we mess up names, too. Yeah, so that's for sure. <laughs> so JTS more than likely is their guy. He has every tool, every tool, every trait, every length, every everything you want in an edge rusher. And pair that with a savvy veteran pass rusher in Shaq Barrett. Look the hell out. Yeah. And plus made the obvious point. If he gets hurt, JTS is gone. Cam Gill is your backup. Or Anthony Nelson steps in, but still, like a huge drop off. I know people are scared of that, but you just can't have Pro Bowl players and your backup and your third string. You just it just doesn't happen. I know some people bring up Trey Flowers. It seems like a logical position to, for him to come in, but he's not here now, so we can't say anything about it. There's no rumors about it. Yeah, you heard the rumor with Kyle Rudolph, and it came true. There's no rumor, so yeah, let's and, see what happens uh, with that
0: and i'll let, i'll let you continue but be, before you do i would just say this if you add a pass rusher that guy has to be able to play some type of special teams yes. you know so that's a big thing and, and i know people are mentioning carl Nassip. i would love carl Nassip because he would play special teams and he would be just pretty much an anthony nelson clone but he could also do you know very similar things and it would add more pass rush in that nature be versatile play inside or outside um, but yeah continue
1: yeah, and then this also kind of brings this into Ken Smith. He had a step away. What are your guys' thoughts on a- Akeem Hicks? I thought oh. the Akeem Hicks signing Great. was phenomenal. And I agree with Pless. Our interior, to me, is disgusting. Akeem Hicks, the addition of that, I mentioned it with Pless off the live stream. I said, if we get an edge rusher or an Akeem Hicks guy, that an interior rusher that can penetrate immediately and get in, it's gonna be a like game over because that makes the secondary that much better because they don't have to sit there and wait for the play to develop. They can just jump on routes. Akeem Hicks, Hicks is a humongous addition, and I was listening to the Peter Report uh, live stream. They were mentioning how Andomakansu and Steve McClendon had six sacks in total last year. What is Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall gonna look like this year? Two right. true three techs. Those are huge, massive in, additions in upgrades in my opinion i know i was a huge fan of sue hakeem hicks just brings a little bit extra in the pass rush yeah we lose a little bit in the running game to be honest i mean logan hall is gonna have to learn he's not a good run blocker or run defender at all i'll be the first to say that but his pass rushing is something to be looked at and he's gonna be used mainly on passing pass rushing downs hopefully the interchanging of him and hicks will keep both of them healthy and learning on the go but we lost a little in the running game, but we gained a lot in the pass rush. And I think that's something we really didn't need. And that will only help out your edge rushers and your secondary. And that's something that since BA brought this whole coaching staff over, they mentioned, okay, our defense is literally from the middle out. It's not from the outside edge rushers. I know I want that a lot. But they always say it's three big fat guys in the middle helping open up uh, rushing lanes for their linebackers, you know, outside linebackers eat because everyone's running to the outside. So yeah. that's pretty much what they've told you since day one. And they're still doing it to this day. And to me, if that's what they're really looking for, they got it. They just truly got it as rush will benefit from the interior rush of Hakeem Hicks and Logan Hall.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that's what they were looking for going into the off season. They wanted to get faster up front on the inside, <laughs> Hey, you gotta penetrate. Um, but right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you you have to be quick up front. And you have you have to be, you know, fast from the inside. And what does quarterbacks hate the most? Interior pressure. Yeah. Um, they hate that quick pressure up the up the middle. And and that's what the Bucks were lacking um, over last year. And now they got it in waves. And I, I think that's something that they want. And just gotta hope that you know, those guys can stay healthy up front. You have a good rotation behind them and just, you know, let it come in waves and get after
1: it. And I I just don't think people understand how good of an upgrade Akeem Hicks is. I know he was on a dominant Chicago defensive line with Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, hell of a defensive line, but they had literally zero in the secondary. I mean, especially when everyone started taking years off because of, Corona and everything. Um, and then they started losing guys, and then the team started just dismantling the whole team. So he is more than a good enough interior edge rusher or interior pass rusher. I'm just anxious to see it. Like, I, I've seen this guy play and destroy games and thinking, holy shit, this guy is insane. I can't wait to see that in a Buccaneer uniform.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I, I think he's. He's a good addition and, you know, coming to a team like this, his veteran leadership, I think is going to be so important. And I think that's going to be good. His just mental uh, awareness and like his game, as far as a leader, understanding the nuances of the game, that's going to be huge for guys like Logan Hall, who, you know, kind of similar and how they want to play, you know, get up the field quickly you know be that force you know logan's got a little bit more versatility where he can play you know more outside and inside as well
1: can um, i say this though about logan hall yeah i don't know why but he rubs me the wrong way every time i see him <laughs> i'm like can you just say it differently it just it irks me it's like almost that that scene something about your face you just can't change it you just it just talks like i don't know if it's cocky or if it's doesn't know where the hell he's at. I, I don't know, but I yeah. know when he gets I after. I think that, it's. Uh, I
0: mean, he does have that like California type of vibe, but I don't know if that's it. But, um, you know, you you, I think the confidence is good. I mean, if he's if he's cocky, then that's fine with me. You know, you know, you got to produce on the field though. You got to back it up, and I can't wait to to see what he does in that first preseason game, and and hopefully he uh you know gets off to a great start.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those punchable faces. Yeah, it's. It bothers me. I don't get it. Uh just get after it. That's all I want to see. Like, hey, VWA can't talk to a wall. Like he just but hey, he's he performs on the field. If you can perform and you do your job, hell yeah, let's get after it. But I just I'll look away when he starts to talk. <laughs> uh but here, here's the biggest kind of conversation everyone wants to talk about. How do you feel about Sean Murphy bunting? Uh, Mm. And this is everyone's scapegoat of why we suck on the secondary. I don't think anyone likes him. (laughs) He's he had one hell of a run in the playoffs, which everyone remembers. And then ever since then, it's been injury or just not knowing where to be or slow or late. So Sean Murphy bunting where he's at slotted right here is your nickel corner. Jamel Dean's probably going to get your outside spot. Carlton Davis earned the contract to be an outside spot. What do you think SMB? Does he stay healthy? Does he improve? What is it? Plus?
0: I mean, you just got to hope for consistency and you got to hope. Yeah, he does stay. (laughs) You got to hope he does (laughs) stay healthy. Um, and you got to hope he plays well, but you know, personally for me with Sean, I've always thought he was a better outside corner than he is an inside corner. Um, and I don't know if he'll ever get the the nuances of playing nickel. Um, I hope he does. I hope they just leave him there, and he can finally like study that position and and really get comfortable with it. Uh, but I just don't really see him as a as a nickel corner. Um, and again, I think he's he fits the bill of playing zone, which is great for him because we do play a lot of zone. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think, and that's another reason why Logan Ryan, I think was brought in because I, they want to put Logan um, in that nickel spot. And that will be a competition to see if, you know, he takes that job away, but I'm pulling for Sean. I like him as a person. um, And I just hope he gets better, gets consistent and, you know, balls out.
1: I'll say this. He has a lot of moments where he shows promise. Like, especially in zone, like you mentioned, yeah, you can jump a route and force a quarterback to go the other way. That's all you need. And hopefully there are with our interior rush. We just mentioned and touched on, we can get after it and get the quarterback. SMB it's just at times. I think he presses his own self too much. Yeah. You play your, your assigned defense. And they asked him to do too much early too. Like they made him start at the line and then fly all the way back to play deep center. What the hell are you making him do? Like this guy was still so young, and then he gets these injuries on top of it. Hopefully, his mental game is strong where he can kind of prevail against all this. Plus, downers, oh, our secondary sucks. It's SMBs probably on the way out. Yeah. Hopefully he can like step up and show it. No, I am still a talented guy. I time well, I have length. I know this defense in and out because I've been in it now, what, four years? I know what I'm supposed to do. Let's see. And with an improved pass rush like we touched on will only help out that secondary and a guy like him that can jump routes quickly. I want to see him jamming at the line more. He did that the whole playoff run. He looked phenomenal. Right. I hope to see it again.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I just, I, I hope he finds a way to, you know, stay on the field. That's going to be the biggest thing and, you know, just find consistency. And I, I hope they allow him just to keep it simple um, and focus on one thing, like you said. Uh, but it's an inter- interesting group. Uh, I think the potential for the secondary is so high, uh, especially if uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean can just be catching the football, <laughs> You know, catch the football when they have opportunities because they get their hands on the ball a lot. You know, just got to come down with it. Um, and I think that's going to be a big emphasis. I know Todd Bowles talks about creating those turnovers, and that's something that needs to happen. Uh, more throughout the year
1: Uh, easier said than done Uh, i know they practice with the jugs machine all the time right gotta do it yeah especially when it's just gifted to you jamal dean's had so many especially against the damn rams yeah it's like like
0: he sees it gets so excited and then the ball just falls right through
1: (laughs) how the hell does a ball get tipped in the air and it's floating and just like a the gift sent from God just to fall into your lap. And it just goes right through your damn arms. Uh, that makes no damn sense to me. And as Dean, hell of a cover corner, stays deep speed, aggressive, lengthy, has all the traits. But God, if you can improve on that, you got a pretty damn good outside corner combination.
2: Like mm-hmm.
1: Alden Davis, again, he catches some of them. No one tests them that often anymore. If they start having to, because Jamel Dean does something with a ball, look the hell out. It's a lot of what it could have showed us. Will they improve? I know we're talking them up about as if they did improve, but let's see. I mean, time will tell. And there's good makings on there. I, is the potential very high? Yes, the defense was really good. We did even mention Lavonte David or Devin White. Like, how yeah. good they can be. So, very much, I like this defense. I like the offense. Can they get out of their own way? And can they make a play when the play is easily gifted to them? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about a lot tonight, you know, I think the overall theme is, you know, who can be consistent. Um, (laughs) Time will tell. Definitely. Definitely, definitely will. Um, And a lot of these guys, that's, you know, they got to step up. They got to be consistent in their play, uh, understand the playbook and, you know, be out there and make the plays that are there to be made. Um but I, I like like you said. I mean, I'm confident with this roster. I think it's a great roster we put together. It's been a good offseason for the Buccaneers. No nonsense really. Um you know, off the field that I can think of uh and you know, guys your are f-
1: nonsense got cut immediately the next day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um so guys are focused. Uh I think guys are ready, chip on their shoulder, unfinished business. I think like Tom Brady said. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, training camp, training camp (laughs) overall theme is (laughs) been Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Especially from the inside. That's how we have to do it. So um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be fun. I can't wait.
1: Uh, One more point before we get out of here. So I agree with the hot take. Ken Smith said Devin White is going to take over this year. I have a good feeling defensive player of the year. And then yeah, immediately hope. after Mary says I was so confused on why Devin White regressed last year. So you have someone saying he's going to take over then someone saying why the hell did he regress? Plus can you in your best way describe what happened last year and why Ken Smith could be potentially right that he has defensive player of the year potential.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He could definitely be right. Um, I think you know, the key for Devin is just doing his assignment, you know, not trying to do too much, not trying to play that superhero type of style. Um, and I think just taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of him because he has a lot of opportunities to make a lot of plays, and times he runs past the play, and other times he just doesn't make the play. So I think his ability to just focus and hone in on what he needs to do within the scheme and, and stay to it those plays are going to naturally come to him because he's so gifted, He's so athletic uh, and he finds a way to get to the ball first, right? Cause he's so mm-hmm. fast. Uh, so I think he just has to be smart about how he goes about it. And
1: if he does that, he's going to have a very successful year. Yeah. And again, with better players around him, with people staying healthy around him last year, he had to do way too much. They asked him to do way too much. He made sure to, to mention that in press conferences because they're asking him to backpedal a lot more than they did the year before where he put up monster numbers. If the secondary stays healthy, knock on wood guys. I mean, I'm literally doing it right now. He can perform, be like a defensive player of the year caliber player. If not, they're going to make their best athlete. That's in the middle of the damn offense, help it every which way he can. You can't put up numbers if you're helping other people. He has one assignment. Let him get after it. He's so fast. He makes fast people look not so fast. (laughs) It's true. He's a freaking freak. He's just a ridiculous type of player that you make in a game. No one that stocky and big should move that fast. It's just not possible, but it is in a Buccaneer uniform. Number 45. Uh, And before we run away, I know he asked this twice, twice in here. Um, And it's, NFC South related. Mm. He was asking about Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins gone with the saints. Do you think that weakens them so we can attack that secondary? Um, But look at the two additions they put in.
0: Yeah. I mean, Uh, it's still a good defense, you know, obviously they hope, you know, Marcus may can stay healthy, uh, but Tyron Matthew is, is a really good safety. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't think it's much of a, I don't think it'll be any weakness really. I think it's more of a push. I think, those guys um, stepping in are in that kind of same caliber. Uh, but obviously, it's it's new guys learning new schemes. Um, so maybe there is an adjustment period there, but still a very talented secondary. Um, yeah, there's still going to be a very good defense for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I went to top five in the group chat. Hey, it, it very well could be. I mean, very sound defense, a lot of returning guys. Mm-hmm. And like we were mentioning of our guys, guys can improve. If they improve and help out that secondary, because their pass rush is getting after it, <sighs> scary. Uh, yeah. But either way, like you said earlier, we have to execute. We have to do what we do best and get them playing checkers while we're playing chess. You can't keep them thinking, oh, they were, oh this this setup. I already know what was going to happen. You got to be different. You got to make things a little bit more edgy. Can't be the same shit every damn time. Other than that, guys, we talked over the hour. Hope you enjoyed the show. It was fun talking it and all the the good chat on here. Awesome. I I love all the the just getting after it with all you guys. And Saints, they suck ass. I'll admit, but they do beat our ass every damn time. And I hope (laughs) that thing flips this year. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. That plus take us out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, like Mark said, thank you so much. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe if if you haven't yet. You know, subscribe to our channel. Be sure to check us out with uh, weekly content. And again, thank you all so much for the comments, the the content you guys are helping us out with. So much appreciated.
2: And with that said, until the next one, go Bucks! Go Bucks!